This is the Gridiron Guys Podcast with Anthony Stalter and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Gridiron Guys with Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Anthony Stalter, a longtime NFL something or other. I don't want to say that I covered, I've covered you the NFL. Covered, but you have. You, you, well, to some degree, I have, I guess. We covered the St. Louis Rams together. So that is, they, we they were in the NFL and are. Yeah. Although I don't think they knew it all the time. <laughs> Front office probably not. The NF the uh, the players the players still tried. So I got nothing against the players. Yeah. Uh, but Carrie Carrie and I are based in St. Louis. Carrie and I did cover the Rams for several years before they went out to LA. But Carrie, an absolute wealth of knowledge, and you, and you hear that each and every podcast. Played for Illinois, uh, running back for Illinois. Bounced around the NFL until found it found his home with the Pittsburgh Steelers and won a Super Bowl. It was the San Antonio Holmes Super Bowl against the Arizona Cardinals, as I'm sure you remember that. Uh, but we appreciate you listening. We're going to be doing this each and every week moving forward. And Carrie and I thought today, after we went division by division and did some win totals, and I hey go back and listen because there's a lot of content there. Yeah, we we did each division based on the win totals. We gave predictions and told you why. We thought they would either, that team would either go uh, over or under their win total. Today, instead of we thought, well, should we do some news? But look, it's training camp. It's lying season. Every team is posting highlights of one on ones. Like uh, it matters. Not, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Look at this. Look at our new wide receiver winning a one on one battle against a corner that is five yards back and won't <laughs> make the team. Like no thanks. So we thought we'd do a series of questions based on pressure. Teams under pressure, mm-hmm. coaches under pressure, uh, quarterbacks under pressure, players under pressure. And each each question will give an AFC response and an NFC response to kind of mix things up a little bit. So, Kerry, I thought we'd do, first and foremost, the team under the most pressure to at least make the playoffs. Okay. All right, so I want to specify, it's not it's not necessarily winning a Super Bowl, but what, what team gonna... in the AFC and NFC, and I think this is actually the layup, we're so I wanted to start this with bar that. Low at, uh, just making the playoffs. Just make eh? the playoffs. Just yeah. make the playoffs. Just have a a pulse and get in. Basically, <laughs> I've got two teams that fit this category. Right, you go but first. Who, you who, want me to go yeah, first? You go first. Who you got? AFC. It's the Jets. I think that's a. I like that. Be, be, you you trade for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You gave up. You gave up future assets to get to bring in Rodgers. You were tired of the Zach Wilson experiment. I don't blame you. You were yep. tired of. Every quarterback experiment before that, you you went the route of drafting guys and you know Sam Darnold and Mark Sanchez and all that. Okay, you made the you made the big trade because you think that you are in a position where you're only a quarterback away. That to me is what the Jets are telling everybody when you trade for Aaron Rodgers. Cool, I got no issue with that. You got a good defense, you got a good running game when Brees Hall is is revving. You got a, uh, a an offensive line that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a stable of receivers that are very good. So you you say, we're going to add Aaron Rodgers. Okay. At the very least, Jets, you better make the playoffs. So that's my AFC team. You know, I, I like that pick, obviously, because of what they did in the offseason. They have the offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. They, they are a team that seems poised to be very good. Um, and simply needed a quarterback, needed an adult in the room. They had Mike White, they had Zach Wilson, Flacco started some some games for him. They, they just couldn't get over the hump of of what was needed most, and that quarterback position uh, has been solidified for them in the offseason. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. And the reason being, you got Justin Herbert, who just got paid 
uh, an obscene amount of money. He, he's he's one of the top tier quarterbacks, I think, in some people's opinion, top six. I don't know if he's gotten to the top five range. You you got a few guys. For Herbert, yeah. Oh, he's in my top five. He's in your top five. Absolutely. Burrow, Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Mahomes, Jackson. I've got him. That's over, five. I got right there. I've got him over Hurts right now. Oh, you are a madman. I think Justin Herbert has put on put on a Madness. show the last couple of years. Jalen Hurts had an oh. MVP type season a year ago. Yeah, yeah, he he missed it because there was a Behind guy in a Kansas great City that, that, that won it. That, That's I mean, fine. There's nobody J- better than him. Jalen Hurts had, had a great two games, last year. He may have won it. Probably does win it if he plays in those two games. And, and, Justin and not, Herbert's been a stud the last three years. I got yeah. him. Do it for more than one year, and I think he will for yeah. Hurts. But uh, uh, I got Justin Hurts ooh, above Hurts. That feels dirty. <laughs> I'm gonna say the reason why I, I say. No, I mean, this is like <laughs> it was easy for me to say that. The reason why I say the Chargers are the team is because Brandon Staley. As your head coach, we, we've seen a lot of odd, sometimes questionable, sometimes mind-blowing, head-scratching decisions from him from time to time. You get Kellen Moore, the new OC, coming over from Dallas after being released or let go from Dallas after having a, a pretty good offensive output with those Cowboys. And and what they have, you got Justin Herbert, who, as you said, is a top-five quarterback. But you got Mike Williams. He is. He is a top five quarterback. Your opinion. You got Mike. I just gave you five in front of him. Anthony, <laughs> I told you. Was just you got to move my hand. You got to move one out. <laughs> I'm not moving any of those guys out. Uh, you got Mike Williams. You got Keenan Allen. You go out in the first round. You draft the Quentin Johnson. You got uh, Austin Eckler at the running back position. Rashawn Slater at left tackle. You got a lot of talent on this offense. Do you know what they did last year? They made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know what happened in that playoff game? They, they were up 27 to 0. They falconed the crap out of that. They did. Worse. This is worse. At least the Falcons had, they were 28 to 3. This is That's 28 true. to 0. They were, they were whooping at yeah. that ass. <laughs> so, and then you allow a touchdown right before halftime, mm-hmm. and then it just snowballs out of control for the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a team that, I mean, it, last year we thought the AFC. Uh, West was probably going to be the toughest division. It ended up not being because of you know a guy in in Denver that didn't perform well and another guy in in Las Vegas that they didn't even want to finish the season. I don't know what the hell that was yeah, about. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and so <laughs> you know, but this Chargers team has an immense amount of talent offensively, specifically and defensively. You got Bosa, you got Derwin James, you got guys, you got Khalil Mack still there. They have a lot of talent and a lot of opportunities to be really good. Mm-hmm. Can the team get over the hump, make it back into the playoffs? I think that AFC West division will be better than it was last year. Can they get over that hump, make it into the playoffs again, but have a better outcome this year than they did last year? Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, the Chargers, it's a good one. The Chargers, the Chargers need to make the playoffs based on, based on one, who they have at quarterback, but as you mentioned, the, the talent around them. And I think you had said this last week, CD and I agree that the secondary for the Chargers I, I really like with Derwin yeah. James and Asante Samuel Jr. I, I loved watching his dad play yes. for the Eagles and the the Falcons and the Patriots. Um, the Chargers are a team that should make the playoffs. All right, for me in the so I, I picked the Jets. Kerry picked Chargers. the Chargers for team under the most pressure to at the very least make the playoffs this year. The NFC to me is another layup. 
Don't talk to me about how great the Detroit Lions are if you're not going to make the playoffs Ew, at least. Everybody loves the Lions. <laughs> Everybody loves the Lions this year, Kerry, uh, yeah. and, and, I, and I get it. That offense last year was explosive. Dan Campbell is easy to root for. Mm-hmm. The Lions are easy to root for, especially if you don't have a team because he's never they've never won. I, I I was in Detroit. You know, I, I was covering the Pistons at the time, but certainly was in the the Lions locker room a fair amount as well. The fan base is incredible in Detroit. They've they're long suffering. I feel like they're getting a lot of hype, which is fine. The defense is not good enough yeah. at all. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like we're overhyping them a little bit, but but just from the basis of the excitement level and everybody's talking about Dan Campbell and, you know, everybody's talking about that offense, you you at the very least better make the damn playoffs. I agree. Uh, um, you know, they go out and draft a, a, a linebacker in the first round after they drafted Jameer Gibbs mm-hmm. uh, in the first round. And so maybe they're trying to shore up that part. Aiden Hutchinson was really freaking good last year as a rookie. And so you'll, he'll have another year under his belt. They went out and got Emmanuel Mosley in offseason from San Francisco, who had he not gotten injured when he did, I think San Francisco was well on their way. Obviously, quarterback issues aside, mm-hmm. they were a really good defense. And you got uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson as well. So I I think defensively they made some upgrades. I'm pretty sure they were trying to get a cornerback in that draft this year and unfortunately were unable to, so they went with the best player in Jameer Gibbs. But I I think that this team is – is poised to be an offensive juggernaut. They got offensive guys that can go get the ball left and right – Amon Ross St. Brown does not get enough credit for what the season he's, he had last year. He's which the best was spectacular. position, best uh, possession receiver in the game. Spectacular. I, and so if you get uh, Jamison Williams back in the fold, which we do expect them to, they got David. They they went out and and, and signed David Montgomery. I said Jameer Gibbs in the running back in the backfield. Those two guys are going to get the ball. We saw what they did last year with DeAndre Swift and with Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams led the league in touchdowns. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they get to the goal line. They're going to hand the ball off to their running back, Pete Carroll. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You make one mistake in one Super Bowl. It's going to stay with you for a lifetime. And so they are a team that I think when you are looking at this uh, NFC side, that that's who I was thinking initially as well, that the 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 Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. a team that needs to make it to the playoffs. They're poised. They're young. Their quarterback has already been to a Super Bowl. We forget about Jerry Goff. We just write him off. We, you know, we just, we just forget about him and forget that he actually took a team to the Super Bowl. They yeah. lost, but he took a team to the Super Bowl, and he has had success. And there's always... He's like the Alex Smith of this generation. You're always trying to replace him, but he's always doing a really good job. And so uh, that was going to be my pick as well. I, I can give you – I think the Dallas Cowboys would be in that in that conversation as yeah. well with Dak and, and trying to figure out if they're going to be able to throw the ball and have success doing that. What are they going to do with Tony Pollard running the ball? Mm. But uh, my pick was also the D- Detroit Lions. Yeah, the, the, in, in taking the Jets and the Lions for me, it was carries more about – you know, look, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Dallas needs to make the play. For for me, it's Dallas needs to take that next step. You want a you want a playoff game last year in Tampa, and then when Tony Pollard got hurt against San Francisco, you had you had you lost your mind. Yeah, you, you had no you had no plan B. You had yeah. nothing. So to me, Dallas is more in that category of you better take that next step in terms of winning a playoff, winning multiple playoff games for the Lions, a team that has been downtrodden forever and built up some excitement with the fan base last year. You just make the playoffs at this point, and I think it would be a success. All right, quarterback under the most pressure to win big. 
So win big. This is the juncture in his career where you're kind of at the fork in the road to some degree. Not that you're going to be a bust. Not that you're going to be labeled a certain way. Just that you have shown enough mm. to win big and you haven't yet. Okay. So for me, in the AFC, it's Josh Allen. Ooh. Josh Allen is not he has not gotten the Bills to a conference championship game mm-hmm. yet. We remember the back and forth battle with Kansas City a couple of years ago and what a remarkable game that was. That was also the moment where everybody was jumping on the Josh Allen yeah. bandwagon. This guy, you know, is he is he on the same level as Mahomes? He's clearly number two, all that. And last year, because they weren't physically prepared or tough enough at home in the elements against the Bengals who came in and, and, and just beat their ass. Yeah. The Bills, now there's a bunch of question marks. I feel like there's this this cloud now over Buffalo. I think they're a really good team. I still have them winning the division, a tough division, but I still have them winning the division. But if you're Josh Allen at this point, you've kind of get the fork in the road of, are you going to be put into that category of, ah, you know, he's pretty good. Can't win the big one. <laughs> and we know this is the process over and over again with our quarterback. So for me, this one, quarterback under the most pressure to win big, AFC, it's Josh Allen. For me, it's when you look at Josh Allen, I think they have to go get him a running back. The, the issue that they have had, playoffs, I say this all the time, it's about playing defense and running the football. And if your quarterback is your leading rusher, is he? if he's your guy that you feel most comfortable handing the ball to, I don't know how much success you're going to have. There's a little rift that, that started off training camp between him and Stephon Diggs. I, we'll see how that plays out over the, over the next couple of months. But I... I I do. I think Josh Allen is a hell of a quarterback, but I agree with you. He is one of those quarterback that quarterbacks that does have uh, a lot to prove. When I'm looking at the AFC, it, I'm kind of I'm torn because there are, are are a few names, and I don't know that for me, Ty, uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably too young in, yeah. the, in the game in his career to to give him that. But then you look at a guy who comes to mind, and that's Tua Tungavaloa, and they're not that far off in age. And Tua is a guy that. This uh, Miami Dolphins team, when they when he was healthy earlier in the year, they were rolling. They were going and and seemed unstoppable. There are talks that Tyreek Hill may be a two thousand yard receiver this year because that's how potent this offense can be with Tua healthy. And so for me, keeping him upright, making sure he is able to stay and play in every game. I know they said he's doing uh, jujitsu. I don't know how that helps you unless you're going to kick a defensive end in the face he might. when he comes to tackle you. Yeah. I don't know how that helps you fall. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm hey, missing something You know here. what? He's putting in the effort, Gary. You know? He's <laughs> I trying to appreciate figure it out. It, it, is, it, is, uh, it is delightful to hear that he's trying to do that. But Tua staying healthy – and I, 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 that's my 1A, and then I'm going to give you one more, and that's Lamar Jackson. I agree with that. Because Lamar, a former MVP, and I am I am really – this has probably been the most excited that I have been for Lamar in his career because he has people – Well, that too. <laughs> I mean, Greg, Rump, we, what the hell are we doing? Why, why are you guys in the same area? Right, that's what the, the playbook said. We, we both run here. But, you know, if two guys are in the same spot, one guy can come to right. you. That's what the playbook said. Lamar <laughs> – That that was embarrassing, to say the least. But for me, when you have a playmaker to the degree of Lamar Jackson and you add an Odell Beckham Jr., who the last time we saw him playing football, he was well on his way to being a Super Bowl MVP. You stop When you add a a Zay Flowers, you say (laughs) (laughs) – 
<laughs> you and I just disagree on the Odell thing. Go ahead. <laughs> you didn't catch. You didn't catch it first. You caught it, but like the hamster had to get back in the, the wheel there. Yeah, I missed that. Uh, you add a Zay Flowers in the first round out of Boston College, who. He's you know, awesome. some people think it's going to be electric and getting the ball in his hands is going to be important. Rashad Bateman, who you drafted a couple of years ago, uh, if he's healthy. And then the, the the ultimate weapon in Mark Andrews, who is a tight end that often gets forgotten for, for whatever reason. He's been their leading receiver for the last couple of years. The guy that Lamar trusts the most throwing the ball to. You have him. Can they get healthy at the at the running back position so that you don't have to lead on lend on Lamar to to be that lead runner? I yeah. love what Josh Allen does in in Buffalo. We'll see. But for me, those two quarterbacks are the ones that have the most to prove this year. That Lamar just got a huge contract, got paid, and now he finally has the weapons to help him. I think it's going to be a really good year for him. So I'm going to say Josh Allen. I'm going to put you down for Lamar. Okay. For in the AFC. I like that. We'll just we'll, we'll stick with one. So, uh, but uh, great points on two as well. All right, quarterback under the most pressure to win big in the NFC. I think you could go. You can make the case to go right back to Jalen Hurts, but I'm actually going to go in a different direction here. I'm going to go Derek Carr. I and was the, thinking him too. That's a very good one. I'm going to care. I'm going to go Derek Carr for uh, a a very simple reason. He's playing in a worse conference, mm-hmm. in a worse division. Mm-hmm. He's got a better – he's got a def- – I don't even say a better defense. He's got a defense for the first time in his career. He's got more than enough weapons. I know that Alvin Kamara is suspended for a couple of games, yep. but he'll be back. He's got, you know, good young receivers and Chris Olave, and we'll, I guess we'll see what's, you know, what happens with Michael Thomas. I hope but he's healthy. I hope so, too. But he's he's got some weapons there. He's got good coaching. He's got, again, he's got a defense, and he plays in a bad bad division in, in, a, in a down conference. Yep. Derek Carr, to me, has always been that guy that has been a franchise quarterback, good, not good enough. And he's going to have his – I know, I know. The, the stats and all we had that. cameras in here so you can see my face when you say you, certain things. You ah, totally grimaced at But, okay. <laughs> people are so, – uh, there are some people, maybe you're one of them, Kerry. There's some people that are saying, Derek Carr's a lot better than you think. Now's your opportunity to yeah. prove it, man. Yeah, I agree. Bad division. Yep. You're going to have a cakewalk schedule, man. you got to win big. Yeah. Don't 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 get don't win the NFC South and have everybody talking about how you know you you found you found greatness there in New Orleans after years of misery in Vegas and Oakland and okay fine and then losing the first round of the playoffs that's kind of where I'm at with Derek Carr so you don't have to win the Super Bowl but you better win multiple playoff games if you are the real deal well we talked about the NFC being a much easier division Absolutely. to uh, to make a run towards the the Super Bowl so I, I agree one one win. After potentially winning the division, which they, I mean, I don't see anybody in that division that should even be close to to what the uh, New Orleans Saints have based yeah. on their defense and based on their weapons on offense. Uh, for me, now, hold your, you want to sit down? Co- you know? Nope. You want to sit down? Oh, no. <laughs> gotta win big? You gotta <sighs> win big. Not just win, win big. He's gotta win like big. Like a crossroads. Ooh, now you got me. He's gotta win big. It for this is his, I mean, potentially his job. I'm gonna oh, go Justin gee. Fields, and oh, I don't. Yeah, I see, okay. All right, I, I, he, he's oh. he, and the reason being, Justin Fields, very good year last year. Um, you know, second year in the league, they threw threw for two thousand two hundred forty two yards, 10, 17 touchdowns. But his ability to run the football is really what was separating him. Uh, last year, and it, it, he was fantastic. I mean, he did a fantastic job. Rushed for over a thousand yards and had six touchdowns, eight touchdowns, excuse me. And so, 
you add a DJ Moore, who I told you before, if DJ Moore played his entire career for the Chicago Bears, he would be the leading receiver in Chicago Bear history right now. DJ Moore is in his sixth season. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. That is that is that is that is negligent. And he's good, <laughs> but the, he's not negligent. He's not great. If you're the Chicago Bears, that your leading receiver doesn't have more yards than what DJ Moore has right now in his career. And so I'm looking at what they have. They got another St. Brown, Equinemius St. Brown, mm-hmm. Amon's younger brother. And so or is he the older? He's younger, right? I, I want to say he's older. He might be older. I think he is older. Um you got Chase Claypool who we're still waiting on chase to to figure some things out and hopefully he does there but the the step that justin fields has to make right now is you gotta show that those people want to keep you around Mm -hmm. that 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 new organizational front office wants to keep you around so they're not looking elsewhere you got to make more of a progression in what you did last year is it playoffs i i don't know i mean it's possible jordan love is a as a third-year quarterback, but a fourth-year quarterback. He's a first-year quarterback. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about Jared, Go- Jared Goff and, and what people think about him. You got uh, Cousins in Minnesota who doesn't have a running game now, and so we're going to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson uh, 1,400 times. Or <laughs> last year. <laughs> kind of did. But they were able to run the ball weapons, as well. Yeah. And so that division is not something that should scare you as much either. And so I'm I'm looking at Justin Fields to take a step. Is it a playoff step? Yeah. Probably not. But much better than worst record in the in the NFL like they were last year. So mm-hmm. eight, nine games, that type of progression where he is throwing the ball downfield. He's got receivers. Cole Komet, who I think was uh very, very good last year. Started off slow. Slow as hell. I know. I had him on fantasy. <laughs> it was, oh, God, catch a ball, man. Mm-hmm. And so, but he started off slow and got going as the season got along. And so I'm, 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 I want to put Jared, uh, Justin Fields in that quarterback with a lot to prove because, again, his career, his life in the league as a starter is probably dependent upon it. I think we're setting him up for failure. I think the media is setting him really? up for failure. I do. He, I, he was special. I mean, he's he he he's, has a talent. He was special as a runner. Yeah, and we've seen he didn't have anybody runner. to throw to either. He didn't. I yeah. don't think DJ Moore and Chase Claypool are suddenly going to transform into AJ. Chase here's Claypool here's where I think. Here. Yeah, here's <laughs> here's what here's what I think we're doing with Justin Fields, and I think it's unfair. Okay, we're looking at what Jalen Hurts did last year, and we're saying. Justin's Justin Fields can do exactly that. He might be able to carry, but let's let's add a little perspective here too. Jalen Hurts, and I don't know about Justin Fields, he might be, but Jalen Hurts is one of the hardest working players yes, in the National Football League. And this is somebody that I mean, dating back to college has had success and he has had th- he's had jobs take and opportunities taken away from him. And all he does is he bounces back. He's got more grit yeah. as a player than I have I have seen on out of, yeah. out of most players. So that's Jalen Hurts. Okay, so we shouldn't just say Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields are the same guy. I don't know about Fields. We'll see. Right. Jalen Hurts had the number one offensive line in football last year. The Chicago Bears had the worst offensive line in football last year. Now they made some adjustments. Yes. At the very at the at at the most. I think the Bears have an average offensive line. So like 16th as, as opposed to 32. That's a pretty big jump. It's still not number one. Yeah. The Eagles had the number one defensive front seven in all of football last year. The Bears do not. Right. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, 
and you know Dallas Goddard at, at in in the passing game, mm-hmm. and they had three running backs on top of what Hurts can do. The Bears do not. The Bears do not. <laughs> the Bears are improved, but I, I think what we're doing is we're taking improved and saying Fields could be an MVP candidate this year. I've seen that discussed on ESPN. Yeah. We're setting this kid up for failure because if he even if he takes minor steps carry in the passing game, which he has to take astronomical steps in the right. passing game. But even if he takes minor steps and this Bears team is seven and whatever, seven and ten this mm-hmm. year, which is an improvement, I think we're going we're gonna to view it. Ah, Justin Fields didn't take that next step. I don't think that I wouldn't put Justin Fields as an MVP candidate. I don't think he's going to be close to that, but I think he will be much better. I'm talking 3,500 yards passing, 25 to to 28 touchdowns, and maybe 10 to 12 interceptions. If if you give me those numbers along with seven to 800 yards rushing, which I think he's very capable of, I think you are you are a much better team. And I'm looking at this these offensive stats from last year. It's Anthony, I, I, I haven't played. Oh, in, it's terrible. I haven't I haven't played in 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. I, I this is not great. No, especially in the passing game. I mean, you got Cole Komet was your leading receiver. You know how many yards he had receiving? Seven hundred. Five hundred and forty-four. Oh, <laughs> he was the leading receiver. Wow. The 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 running back was the fourth leading receiver in David Montgomery. You got squeezed in between those uh, Darnell Mooney and and Equinami St. Brown uh, with four hundred ninety-three yards and three hundred twenty-three yards. It wasn't great. So. Adding DJ Moore, I think the Bears did a fantastic job having that first pick, trading it away, getting great things in return, able to draft a first-round offensive lineman, Mm -hmm. able to get a star receiver that can go catch passes for your star quarterback. So you're protecting your your quarterback with one pick, and you're, you're protecting your quarterback with a receiver that he can throw the ball to that can make plays downfield. I think Justin Fields take a, takes a huge step now. It's not going to be MVP huge step, but it will be a huge step in this season compared to last season. I hope if he makes improvements that we talk about the improvements as opposed to saying, well, the expectations were, you know, that he that he leads the Bears to the playoffs or he has this breakout yeah, season. I, I, that's going to be tough. I don't think that's fair. Even it's nothing in against conference. Justin Fields. Yeah. It really isn't. No. He, he's fun to watch. Yeah. He's got a long way to go as a passer, yes. and I think if we understand that and then observe him, I think it's a little different than saying, boy, he disappointed this year. All Correct. right, it's the Gridiron Guys here on uh, the Gridiron Guys podcast. Kerry Davis, Anthony Stalter. We're talking about most pressure, most pressure to succeed, most pressure to win. Let's talk about team under the most pressure to at least reach a conference championship. The team? Yeah, team. So for me, I already talked about this team. I'll keep it brief. I think the Bills have to at least reach a conference championship okay. game. You've been, you, you've, been, you've been in the playoffs. You've hosted playoff games. You've lost home playoff games. You've gone to Kansas City. You've lost in shootouts there. This Buffalo Bills team, the more that the, – the, the longer it takes for you to win – the long, the more that you're going to start paying free agents to come in, yeah. paying guys that you want to retain. The Bills are starting that. They've, in fact, they started a year ago by paying jo- Josh Allen. They've paid, you know, like Ed Oliver. They paid this year. They brought in, brought in guys like Von Miller. This is what you're supposed to do when you have a competitive team. But at some point, you start to become cap restricted, and then you need you need to you need to 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 have that the, the results match your cap situation. So I think Buffalo is at that point now. They got to get to at least a conference championship. I like that pick. Um, it's a tough it's a tough it, road it's, to it home, is. man. It's but, gonna, 
Look, that's a tough ask. Yes. It's tough. You're we were talking team, about this though. earlier. It's tough to win in, in professional sports. It's tough to win a championship. It's tough to win week after week in the NFL. Um, but those are the expectations. When you have had the success that Buffalo has had, they lost a playoff game to Cincinnati at home last year in the snow where you, you didn't expect them to lose that game in the manner in which they did because it was a home game. It was And well, Cincinnati played the week before against uh, – Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. You you did a rough physical yes. game. You didn't expect them to lose in that manner, and so I, I agree with you there. But I'm going to go with another AFC East opponent, and one you said earlier. I'm going to go with the New York Jets. And to at least make the conference yes. championship. Yes, Oof. and that feels unfair. But so what? They got all of the talent there. Mm. All of all of all of the talent in house. We talked about it. The thing that they were missing, and you said it earlier, was their quarterback. They needed a quarterback. Anthony, they lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven of their last eight games. And they had three different quarterbacks in all eight of those games. A different quarterback for three. Throughout those eight games, three different quarterbacks played. And so you have an offense that was in dire need of a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers in some people's opinion, could be one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game. He's definitely... Oh, stop it. He's, uh, where, where does he rank? He's behind... In my opinion, he's behind Peyton. He's, behind, he's obviously behind Brady. He's obviously See, behind Peyton. Brady doesn't do that He's behind do Joe Montana. Brady doesn't do he's that He's behind Dan Marino. He doesn't do that. How many how many MVPs does, does uh, Aaron Rodgers have? Uh, two? Four? I believe he has four. Okay. Pretty sure. And a Super Bowl. And a Super Bowl. He's up there with one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the position. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no questions asked. And so if you were the one position that you needed the most, if you bring in one of the top five people to ever have played the game, you damn well better make it to an NFC, uh, AFC championship game. That is the standard right now. And it's unfair probably for everybody else that's in that locker room that has not had that success in their individual careers. But this is why you brought him in. You think they paid for Aaron Rodgers to come in to take him to the divisional round? Wild card weekend? <laughs> Whoa! The hell no! It's still the Jets him. we're talking about, Kerry. And, and it, this is a team that brought him in to win a championship. So conference title game, bare minimum for me, is what the uh, what the New York Jets need to make it to. For A-A-Ron? A-A-Ron. All right. A-A-Ron. All right. Uh, team under the most pressure to, pressure to reach the conference championship from the NFC. I, I talked about the Saints earlier with Derek Carr. I, I'm not going to choose the Saints here. I do think that, you know, you, you should – I think the bare the bare minimum expectation for Derek Carr and the Saints should be to win at least one playoff game because yeah. I think they're going to be hosting a playoff game because I think they're going to win the NFC South. So that that to me, like we can kind of stop there. To me, the team that needs to at least reach the conference championship is the Philadelphia Eagles, and the reason the reason for me is very very uh, clear. It's they're they're best they're the best team in the NFC. They're the best team in the NFC last year. They proved it week in and week out. They proved it in the. Uh, playoffs each and every round. I love the 49ers. I do, but the Eagles got the the 49ers have the second best roster in the NFC. The Eagles have the first. Mm-hmm. I talked about the offensive line. The offensive line is best in football. They got you know the the best wide receiver tandem in in the game. They got a, a quarterback in Jalen Hurts that came into his own last year. The defense lost a couple of pieces, then re- replaced those pieces with top end talent. The defense is locked and loaded. This coaching staff came into it like. Everything is clicking. You cannot waste this window 
in the NFL because you really only get, unless you're the Patriots with Belichick and Brady, you only get about three, three to five years. Five yeah. if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, how many teams have gotten like consistently to the champ conference championship game faltered or, you know, playoffs faltered? Yeah. To me, the Eagles need to take advantage of the talent that they have, similar that I was talking about Buffalo and paying guys and all that. It's a cap sport. It makes right. it difficult to win consistently. The Eagles window is wide open right now. So to me, it's the Eagles. I like that pick. Um, I don't know. If they. I mean, they, they've won a Super Bowl in, in the last – seven years yeah. right they, they, different they are team it's a different team different coach different different there's few people still there but it, it, they have won and so they are a team that and they went last year unfortunate that they did they were unable to to come through I don't know if they are a team that needs to make it to a conference championship I'm gonna go with the team that has made it the last two years and they got to do it again and that's the San Francisco 49ers that to me is the team you lose in uh LA to the Rams a few years ago and you had more fans there than they did. Mm-hmm. And then you lose last year to that Philadelphia Eagles team that you just talked about because your quarterback has a torn elbow. And so where, how, how far can they get this year? I think they have to make it to that conference championship game, and they have to get over the hump. They haven't been able to get over the hump. They lost in the Super Bowl in 2019 to the Kansas City Chiefs. They have been the last four seasons, Super Bowl, didn't make the playoffs, lost conference championship, lost conference championship. Mm-hmm. They are a team that is has been right there on the cusp of being, you know, locked in as immortals in football lore, and they have not been able to do it just yeah. yet. And so you get a healthy uh, Brock Purdy, who if he's healthy in that Philadelphia game, I don't know how that turns out. But if you get a healthy Brock Purdy and you're able to make it throughout the entire season with him healthy, I think they have a chance. And I think that that's the team that has the most. And and let's not forget our guy, uh, head coach, your guy. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, your guy. You've come around. I have. I have. See, do you and I had a conversation no, about five I have, years I have ago come. that did it not was, go it well. Was, it wasn't great. But he, he, <laughs> he has he has shown and proven himself to be really good at scheming plays to get his best players to football mm. and get them open and find running scheme. I love the running. I, 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 I'm, as you said earlier, running back at heart, fullback, run the damn ball, man. I'm, mm. That's what I'm going to get on my shirt. Run the damn ball, man. <laughs> and he does it uh, better than anyone. So. Yeah. I think they're a team that needs to make it to the uh, to the conference championship again. All right, let's do a couple more. Let's let's talk about coaches. Head coach under the most pressure to retain his job. Oh, yeah. I think the NFC is a layup. Oh, is that? Yeah. You and I big roll. All right, Jordan. so you and I both agree. Go ahead. Dallas Cowboys. Oh wow! No, <laughs> who it wasn't then. Who are you going? Oh, with? I, I was going with Dead Man Walking. Who? Todd Bowles. Oh well, that, that's a that's given. A, I mean, nah, come on. He, got, he don't even have. A, who's his quarterback? Exactly. <laughs> that's the, like he's going to get fired no. midway mid season. Mike McCarthy. So are you, are you talking about somebody? All right, how about this? A guy that can actually save his job. Yes. Okay. McCarthy. Well, we Bowles can agree is, with. Unless so they pull out a miracle. You're already right? saying Bowles is a foregone conclusion. I, All right, I agree. Yeah. McCarthy. We McCarthy, can get on, on board with. Because we saw some, we've seen some questions. Anthony, if if the best play you can come up with, and I know he wasn't the OC, but one thing is that, that as a head coach, because I'm a head coach for for a high school team, mm-hmm. when when a play is called, you know what that play is. Absolutely. And if you hear that your last play of your season involves your running back snapping it to the quarterback, timeout. Who the hell decided that? 
Yeah. Who in the hell decided that we're going to put a running back in front of a defensive lineman and have him get blown the hell up? Right. That can't. So who there hates are, Zeke? Yeah, what, what are we doing? Who hates, is that you, Kellen Moore? Uh, you hate Zeke? I don't know what they thought was going to happen. I can guarantee you that didn't happen in practice because no. nobody hit him like that. No. Yeah, yeah right. it didn't happen. So this will work. No, it's not going to work at all. So as a as a head coach who. I mean, when he came back a couple of years ago as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, there were – it seemed like he was lost. Like the game had almost passed him by mm-hmm. with an inability to challenge when he should have or call timeouts when he should have, understanding game management, play clock management, things of that nature that as an offensive coordinator you definitely should know. But as a head coach, it's no question that you should be able to do those things in your sleep. And so watching him – Dak Prescott had a had led the league in interceptions and missed two or three games, which is not great. So now you're calling the offense. You're the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, who they aren't great in terms of how well they've performed over the last 20-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. Playoffs, he has the most to prove, and he is the one that has the most to, to get done with his job on the line, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. If we're if we're assuming that again, Bowles is just there's nothing I don't Bowles think can it's do. It's fair for him. Uh, I don't think. I agree. So <laughs> here's here's why I'm almost rooting for Mike McCarthy. Okay. When Aaron Rodgers was drafted, I've mentioned this before on our radio show. When Aaron Rodgers was drafted from Cal, he wasn't ready to play right away. The Aaron Rodgers that we came to love in Green Bay was not the player that showed up in Green Bay. Right. Brett Favre was still there, obviously, but it wasn't just Brett Favre that was standing in Rogers' way. Under uh, Tedford in at Cal, quarterbacks were very robotic. Everybody mm-hmm. had to have the football up by the ear, and they had to throw a certain way, and Rogers had all this athletic talent, but Mike McCarthy worked with Rodgers to become more fluid. He dropped right. the ball from the ear down to the chest so that he can have a quicker release. He worked on his footwork. He worked on his timing. And Aaron Rodgers blossomed into MVP, mm-hmm. Super Bowl winner. And toward the end of the Rodgers and McCarthy split, I felt like McCarthy became uh, the punching bag, right? And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying McCarthy didn't do anything wrong. I mean, there's a lot of reports that McCarthy checked out and all that. So, But, but now it's like McCarthy, you know, McCarthy won a Super Bowl too. But it's how do we phrase it? Well, Rodgers won the Super Bowl. Right. right. He won with Rodgers. Okay. This was not his offense, clearly, the last couple of years. It was Kellen Moore's offense. Right. Because Kellen Moore was supposed to be the Wonderkin and Jerry Jones wanted Kellen Moore. Hey, if you're hiring Mike McCarthy, you're not hiring him for his personal skills. You're hiring him for his offense. Because he understands it very well. Yes. You're not hiring Mike McCarthy to give half rousing halftime speeches. Clearly. You're hiring yeah. him for his offensive mind. Right. So to hire him and then still have Kellen Moore as the OC, and I agree with you, man. Play calls in, yeah. you're part of it. Yeah. Okay, if you're not putting a stop no to it, that's on you as a head coach. Yes. You're the leader. Buck yeah. stop is the leader. So I'm completely with you, Kerry. But this is going to be his offense finally. Right. All right. So if he fails, at the very least, it's, he's failing with his offense. And I'm almost kind of rooting for him a little bit because, again, I don't think he got the credit that he deserved reshaping Aaron Rodgers early in Rodgers' career. And I don't think he gets the credit for being a Super Bowl winner. You know what I would love to see? Just as Jerry Jones is like, you know what, I'm, I'm running down here on my years. I'm going to be the old ball coach. You all, I'm going to call plays. Oh, boy. I would just, why not? Yeah. Why the hell not? It's your team. That'd Do be interesting. The hell. I would love it. 
And then maybe you can see that it's not as easy as you think yeah, it should be, okay. or, or as it is. I, I think that would be awesome. <sighs> All right. Uh, I don't know how and, that would go over with the team, but yeah, <laughs> probably not well. All yeah. right. So, head coach, we we talked about. So, we both agree it's McCarthy in the NFC. Head coach yep. under the most pressure to retain his job in the AFC. It's Brandon Staley for me. Yeah, Dude, you're locked and loaded. You got a great roster, and you messed up last year again. Justin Herbert had to bail your ass out so many times during the regular season. Stop, dude. Yeah. And I thought your defense was – I thought you were a defensive guy. You are hired from the Rams. Oh, you know, this guy This guy's unbelievable defensively. Well, it's a little easier to call plays when you got Aaron Donald in the middle of your defense. Is it Was it players or scheme right. in L.A.? Um, mismanagement of the clock. Uh, the, you talk about somebody that is so far into the analytics and and not, you know, the going for two and all that. He – the, the – Brandon Staley is the guy to me in the water boy, uh, the Fonz, up in the up on the 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 chalkboard. And he's like, we're gonna fake right, we're gonna fake left, we're gonna think about faking right, then go left. Like that's Staley to me sometimes on the sidelines. You've got a great team. I don't understand why you thought Mike Williams should be playing in a non, you know, in a game that didn't matter in Week 17 last year. That was dumb as hell. If you don't understand what Mike Williams means to your offense, and he's out there, then he gets hurt, and he's not a bit like, come on, dude. Then, yeah, he, it, to yeah. me, he's got. Th- this is it. Yeah, this is it. You, Brandon Staley's got to show something, or to me, he's going to be he's going to be back to being a DC next year somewhere. Yeah, he was one of the guys that I thought could possibly be fired, even though they made it to the playoffs, especially with how that season ended last year. It, it was. You can't be up twenty-seven to nothing yeah. and end and up lose. losing the game, and then you you just it's just not it's not it's not what you want. And then I, I just look at him and I think that there are some uh, some very questionable decisions that have been made on his behalf, and it's not it's not fair for his team to to have a coach that has uh, that that is malpractice when he's yeah. calling his plays or making his decision. Um, he's lucky the, Nathaniel Hackett was in the same damn division last yeah, year. So there'd be even more attention on Staley oh, no and question. some of his decision making. There were some really bad decisions. And I'm looking at um, I'm looking at this AFC side. We talked about possibly Bill Belichick. I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I brought up Kevin Stefanski because I mean, Cleveland, why not? Yeah. <laughs> what else would you expect? A name that is intriguing to me is Mike Vrabel. Mm. And you you drafted you've drafted quarterbacks in the last two years, and yeah. you're still probably did, going with Ryan Tannehill. Did you? You did. Did you draft quarterbacks? You did. Like, yeah. Okay. Willis and uh and uh Levi. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I wonder if Malik Willis in in a couple of years with some seasoning would be something. But go ahead. So I'm looking at 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 him, and I know they were really ravaged last year with injury. They are in probably the worst division in the AFC. I, I think that's well, – yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't even think that's no. close. Uh, so if they're unable to have success this year, I think Mike Vrabel has been there how many years now? Five? He's been there Six? quite a while. And he's yeah. done, to me he's done a really nice job. I think he's done a very good job. Because I don't think they've had the best the best rosters. Right. I think he's done a very good job. But it's it's sometimes the voice can become stale when it's – the same person over and over and over again. Uh, he has been the head coach for one, two, three, four, five. This will be a sixth year. Okay. And so if you aren't producing, you had the number one seed a couple of years ago and lost to, to Joey B and the and the Cincinnati Bengals, that could be a person that if they don't have the success winning the division and probably winning a, a playoff game, 
you would be looking at Mike Vrabel, who I really do like. And I think he, I think if you're being honest, I think he would know that that pressure is on. I mean, it, this is a business where you have to win and you have to win championships. Yeah. And they haven't come close to it yet. The carousel at quarterback trying to figure out. Well, it's not been a carousel. Is everybody? Everybody is on the carousel, but only one person keeps getting off to be the starter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that he he would be one person that has some pressure on him for this season. All right. So we're going to do two more. We're going to do two more questions. Now, this is going to be a little different. This is coach with the most approved. And Carrie, I want you to go first because your NFC choice for the coach with the most approved. This isn't head coach. It's just coach. Yeah. Uh, it it can be a head coach, but for you, I think your your choice is very interesting in the NFC. Yeah, mine is uh, Eric Bieniemy, a, a guy that coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs has been there, won Super Bowls, been a part of that organization, and done a fantastic job. You know, really showing Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill when he was there how to be pros and how to become you know leaders and champions. He, I think he did a fantastic job, but for whatever reason, was unable to be hired as a head coach. And this is the prime opportunity for him to say, hey, I am because there was also how many questions about who's actually calling the plays. Is it I know he's got the title, but is Andy Reid actually calling the plays? Right. So now you're out on your own. You're able to have uh, Terry McLaurin and 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 you got um, Sam, Curtis Samuel. You got Brian Robinson in the running back, Antonio Gibson in the backfield. Yeah, quarterback leaves a little bit to be desired and <laughs> Sam Howe, he ain't Patrick Mahomes. No. But you are in your own offense for your first time away from all of the, the things that made you comfortable. And so how well does this Washington football team, Washington Commanders, Redskins, soon to be Red Hawks, I don't know what their team name is. Yeah. Soon, whoever they are, the team in Washington, how well are they able to succeed offensively? Because Terry McLaurin is a, is an, is a stud at receiver. Can can you get Sam Howe to get him the ball, and can you run the ball effectively, and can you have an offense that really puts up points yeah. and and takes some pressure off that defense that I think is really good as well? Yeah, that's a good one. I like yeah. that one. Kerry, for me, when it comes to the the NFC coach under the most pressure, I am going to go with the head coach, and I'm going to go with the guy that is, get, is getting a lot of love. It's, it's Dan Campbell. Yeah. You know, Dan Campbell, I thought, did a remarkable job last year in not just getting the Lions to believe. Like, that was that was the thing everybody gravitated toward, and, and rightfully so. He's, right. he's got, you know, he, he wins the press conference. He's got this kind of, uh, you know, gregarious way about him. Everybody loves him, and, yeah, I want to play for Dan Campbell. I think all that all of that is great. There was some missteps. I remember the Minnesota game specifically, one of the Minnesota games, where he he screwed up, you know, the clock late in the game, kind of cost the Lions an opportunity. And there was one other instance I thought in the first half that that went that way too. And I had talked about, well, you know, look, Dan Campbell biting kneecaps, everybody loves playing for him. Right. But how is he on Sundays? And I think that's one area where he talked about it. He was open about it. He's like, I screwed that up. The yeah. coaching staff screwed that up. Which, Which I, as a player, you appreciate. I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. So he admits that. And better yet, the Green Bay game, the last game of the year, he had a similar situation. He's up against the clock. He had some decisions to make. And he made, not only, look, because every decision, it can go right or wrong. Okay, right. And I don't think we should just judge based on the results. Right. But the decision that he made at the end of Green Bay, uh, I can't remember specifically what it was, but... He not only made the right one, uh, he, he made the one that made the most sense to yeah. protect the clock and give his team a chance to win. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. So Dan Campbell, to me, took that step as a head coach, not just a motivator last year, 
And I think he's got the most approved now because the expectations are higher. When you're 0-6 or whatever they were at the start of the year, the expectations, especially when you're in Detroit, aren't very high. They're going to be high this year. So for me, Stan Campbell, but um, it's not a situation where I think like, oh, he's got so so much to prove. I'm just I'm I'm intrigued by it because now the again the expectations have uh, have have climbed. Let's do one more. Do you I got, have, I got, got an AFC. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. AFC. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't. Neither of us did yep. the AFC. Okay, I, go I ahead. got one for the AFC, and you talked about uh, this quarterback having a lot to prove and and being one of the guys you want to look at. I'm gonna go Ken Dorsey. For the Buffalo Bills, the That's OC, yeah. his second year after replacing Brian Dayball, who we saw, you know, what he was able to do in New York as the head coach calling plays and, and running that offense. They did a fantastic job. He's in his second year as the OC of the Buffalo Bills. You already had some issues with Stephon Diggs, which I talked about. It seems like he wants the ball in those critical moments. He, I mean... Players, we're, we're very uh, cognizant of what goes on around the league. And so I'm sure Stephon Diggs is looking at he, – he sees the catch that uh, Justin Jefferson makes against them and says, why the hell doesn't my quarterback trust me and throw me the ball like that? I need the football. And who does that lean, lean on specifically is the OC, mm-hmm. calling the plays that get your best receivers in position to catch the footballs and make plays. And so – I, I'm looking at Ken Dorsey, not that he has pressure on him, meaning he could potentially lose his job, but there is an, a, a pressure that is associated with making sure that offense is clicking and running effectively as it was a couple of years ago when Brian Dable was running the show. Yeah. And, and, and also, again, figuring out what they're going to do at that running back position. Are you going to let James Cook run the ball or are you going to lean on Josh Allen to be your lead runner and say, hey, Gonna, you got to be the, the, the leading rusher for this team. Figuring out how to get that offense moving mm-hmm. and going in the direction. I love the pick of uh, the Kincaid kid out of Utah that they drafted uh, yeah. from tight end. That, uh, to, to add with Dawson Knox, I think they're going to be really good at that position. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Ken Dorsey does in his second year as an offensive, uh, offensive coordinator calling plays. I like that one a lot. I was thinking Todd Munkin, who's the OC in Baltimore. Yeah, we yeah. spent a lot of time talking about him, but I actually think he's going to do a, a really great job. And he's Does the college game, how much different is that from the NFL would be the one thing to pay attention to definitely. in his first year? Because uh, there are some, there are some obviously similarities, but there right. are some nuances and some differences that you're going to face uh, versus pro teams as opposed to college teams. Big time. I, at least he he's coaching now in an era that's a little bit more open to yes. college concepts. You know, when it was back back when you back were playing, it was like, nah, I don't think so, man. <laughs> college game isn't going to work. Yeah, but I'm not going to go with Todd Munkin. I also thought for a second, as crazy as it sounds. But with the decision making that he had last year with naming um, a special teams I, I coach and an, <laughs> and a defensive guy's his OC, like, that too. <laughs> but it, Bill Bill Belichick, like, look, he's forgotten more about football in the last hour than I'll ever learn. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I am going to go Josh McDaniels, his former OC. That's another one. So Josh McDaniels, yeah. this is it for him, yeah. In my opinion, as a head coach, as a head in the coach. NFL. He'll always be an OC. I'm, I think he'll he'll have an opportunity if he wants. And maybe if he drops down in the college game, he become a head coach. But in the NFL, you got your chance in Denver. Didn't work out. You know, you you went to the Rams there as an OC, then back to New England for a while. You you left uh, you left Indianapolis at the, at the door. I, I do wonder. <laughs> I do wonder if he had the sense that the insight. <laughs> Andrew Luck was not coming back and he hey, bailed. You said, you said who? You're not going to do what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I won't be able to go there. Okay. I get it. But <laughs> you still left him in the lurch. And I think he was fortunate to get another head coach job after 
the way he left Indy. Yeah. I think McDaniels is smart, and I think he he can run an offense. But you got to prove it, and you got to prove that you could do it out of Bill Belichick's shadow. Right. So I think he's got a lot to prove. And the Raiders are that team that they're good enough, I think, to be competitive. But you got so many question marks to Josh Josh Jacobs and Jimmy Garoppolo, and you traded Darren Waller and all. Can you build a defense? I mean, the defense. It, I, I can't believe it got worse than it did two years ago, but it did. I think Josh McDaniels has a lot to prove. So that's he, that's my guy in the He AFC. is 17 and 28 as a head coach. Yeah. He got fired after. I didn't realize he got fired after his second season. I thought it was into his third year that he got fired in Denver. It was very quick. He, yeah. he had a, a bit. Remember, like Kyle Wharton was there? Yeah. I thought he had a pretty good stretch early on. With the Broncos, I think yeah. they, I think they started off pretty good. Didn't, didn't he was kind of well. the talk of the town, and yeah. then everything turned on a dime. All right, last one, Kerry. Quarterback under the most pressure to succeed this season, a la Daniel Jones a year ago. Ooh. So like Daniel Jones was that guy. It's like you, you might either be a backup or out of the league soon, unless you have a big year. And he wound up having a a good year from a running standpoint last year and leading the Giants to a playoff win. There are so many names that I could think of. We're going to go NFC first? Whatever you want. What about Trey Lance? Yeah, is he he even going to have an opportunity? Is he going to get a chance? Trey Lance is a name that comes to mind. And I feel like this is unfair because I think he's he's gotten paid well his entire career. and, And But hasn't hasn't come close to a championship yet. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I mean, I, I You got the numbers. I, like the stats are always good. That's Everything what, is there, but Yeah. at what point are you going to push for a a a championship, at least an NFC championship? Mm-hmm. Because that that city of Minnesota has they they ride they ride with with Kirk. They ride with the yeah. Vikings and they they are a uh, spectacular team that does a lot of good things, but Winning a championship or getting close to it is something that he has not done yet. Yeah, and so I think those will be the two names that, that come to mind. Trey, because I don't even know if he's going to d- even play, mm. <laughs> and then Kirk, because I mean it's Kirk Cousins. He's got to. Yeah. I want to see them have an opportunity to go and make a run. I've I'm split on Kirk Cousins. So there was a graphic that somebody sent me on Twitter not too long ago about. Uh, comparing Kirk Cousins' numbers in the playoffs to Joe Burrow's numbers in the playoffs. And there's a couple of things that really stood out to me. One was that the Bengals in the playoffs have generated a ton of turnovers. Mm. And they've ter- they've generated... Well, most of them came against Tennessee. It, it, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, they, you know, they, they did, the Bengals' defense has always been very good. Yeah. One of the things that I always defended Matt Ryan on was that the guy never had a defense. Right. I mean, never. The guy had a bottom... 15 defense every single year he was it's in Atlanta. Tough That's tough to win that yeah. way. But everybody talks about what? Hey, you had Julio Jones. You right. had Roddy White. You had right. Tony Gonzalez for two years. Why couldn't you get it done? The defense sucked. Yeah. He was constantly dragging a bad defense, right? Yeah. Kirk Cousins has not really had a good defense in Minnesota, at least of late. Yeah. So I think, you know, when I think about it that way, Kirk probably deserves a lot more credit for what he's done. However, when I look at those two graphics – Right? Or that mm-hmm. graphic, Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins' numbers are either equal or better than Joe Burrow in the playoffs. You know what I think? Cool. You take Kirk, I'll take Joe. Let's see what happens. That's the thing with Kirk Cousins, right? right. Like you could talk about the numbers and you could talk about how good, you know, how good he has been, better than than maybe what he deserves. Yeah. That could be true. And he also doesn't get it done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, there's those Both quarterbacks. can be, be true. I talked about Derek Carr earlier. Yeah. Derek Carr has had some pretty good numbers. He's had some pretty good seasons. 
Has he gotten it done? No. Not yet. And he hasn't had a defense, too, so there's some reasons for that. But, <laughs> right. okay, at what point do you say, all right, Kirk Cousins can get it done? So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with Kirk. I'll end the spiel there. Um, as far as the most pressure to succeed this season, in in a similar manner as Daniel Jones uh, a year ago, when I when I look at the, the NFC, there's a couple of different ways that, that you can go with this. Uh, to me – I think that there's no there's there's not one guy that's kind of like on the brink mm-hmm. of going one way or another. Kirk Cousins is a little interesting, but I also think he's kind of secure yeah. in in his role. I think Desmond Ritter has one chance. <sighs> yeah, you know, I agree. I, he's got one chance. He's got one chance to prove that he can at at the very least be what Ryan Tannehill was in yeah. Tennessee, and this this is his opportunity. He's a third round pick. I think the Falcons are going to be. Better than people think. It's an it's an easier schedule. Their offensive line is very good. They they they've drafted well from that standpoint on the old line, and they've paid those guys. Defense is better. It's not good. It's better. They got a running back in the first round. They got a running back. In the first round. <laughs> they paid a lot for their defense, <laughs> but they had all this open cap space because Matt Ryan's deal came up, mm-hmm. and they spent a lot of it on defense. Yeah, and they've got some weapons there. Desmond Ritter. Can he at least be? Can he at least protect the ball? Right. I think he's got one shot. If not, I could see the Falcons trading for Trey Lance. Ooh, that's intriguing. I could see the Falcons saying, "Okay, we're not going to give you much for him, but you got your guy in Brock Purdy. Right. You don't need two of them. You don't need two of them. And Atlanta can be patient. Yeah. San Francisco cannot. Yeah. I agree. So I could see. I could see the Falcons maybe making a trade. If I'm the If I'm the Forty Nineers, I'm not trading any of them. You hear? Stay here. We, only, we might yeah. need you. Right. <laughs> the way things go around here. Old Tommy John here. You never know. <laughs> All right. So Desmond Ritter's mine. Mine in the um, in the NFC again, just because he's got he's got one shot. AFC. Yeah. We'll round it up on this quarterback. Most pressure to succeed. There are in the Daniel Jones. There are so category. many names that I could think of. I thought about Ryan Tannehill because I mean, hell, he's had two people drafted in the last couple of years. Uh, I thought about. Um, who were we? Deshaun Watson because of how poorly he played last year uh, coming off of suspension, thinking maybe he'll be back together. Mac Jones is another one. He that's might mine. not even be a starter this that's, year. That's mine. But how about Russell Wilson? That's a good one. A guy that, I mean, some people believe he's a future Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, has done pretty much everything you can ask in this league and has had great success. But what if you watched what I watched last year, you would not even think if you know that you're talking about aliens lately. Mm-hmm. So the aliens come down and they want to take in a, a game and they say, Yeah, Russell Wilson, we heard about him. And they go watch that. That's what they think football was yeah. last season. Hell no. Come back this year. Right. <laughs> come back now and see him again because what I watched last year wasn't football. No. It was, it was, it was terrible. And so if. Russell Wilson has another performance similar to what he did last year. Russell Wilson will probably not be the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos going forward. Yeah, and Sean Payton's not. Sean mess Payton around. is not. Sean Payton is a new head coach there, and so now you have a a an a offensive minded head coach that has had great success in the league, won super won a Super Bowl, knows what it takes to be a winning quarterback, winning team, and so if Russell Wilson has anything similar to what he did last year. We may be looking at somebody else, and uh, and then he's probably not a starting quarterback ever again in this league. Wow, yeah, that's interesting. That's a good one. Uh, I mentioned it. mine's Mac Jones. 
So Mac Jones, if you look at his career, first year rookie, helps the Patriots make the playoffs. They he doesn't look like he belongs in the same field as Josh Allen in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Patriots get run off the field. Last year, that, they they was that the game where they only ran the ball. Was uh, that, that, that was game? A, that was a Monday night no, game. With the we wind. say ran off the field yeah. like literally ran. So that was the yeah that was a late that was a late <laughs> that was, Monday night that game. Was a, it was late this season. season. Yeah, yeah, but uh, this the playoff game is the Bills just took it to them. Yeah. Then last year occurs, and you've got Matt Patricia and Joe Joe Judge as the two co-offens. I don't. I mean, that was what madness. are you doing? So you kind of had a built-in excuse if you're Mac Jones, but Mac Jones. Uh, reportedly was also kind of you know butt hurt about some comments. It didn't didn't have didn't believe that uh, Bill Belichick believed in him, and right. you know that didn't. I thought Mac Jones did a lot a fair amount of pouting pouting last year too. Okay. I'm not saying he doesn't have a, a reason to be frustrated when you know you got two guys who've never called plays before calling your plays. I get it, right? Like you have a reason to be frustrated. Very. But here's the reality: Bailey Zappi came in and he actually did pretty well. He looks like Mac Jones, he plays like Mac Jones, and he performed better than Mac Jones. So, like, your replacement's already on the roster. Yep. What are you going to do? You're a national championship winner. A lot of people doubted you. You're, you know, you got drafted in the first round. You slid all this stuff, right? Okay. To me, this is this is kind of put up or shut up time now. And I'm not even saying it, that's fair because they're probably the worst, talent-wise, they're probably the worst in the division. And they play in a stack conference. Not, it's not probable. They are from, from a <laughs> roster him, standpoint. You talking about? I thought you meant him as a quarterback in the division. No, I mean the Patriots oh, just yeah, as well, a roster. Him as yeah. a him as a quarterback in that division. He's he is. he's last. But I think that this is this is kind of a fork in the road situation for Mac Jones. I agree. Yeah. There you have it. All right, so that'll do it for Gridiron, guys. Kerry Davis, Anthony Salter. We'll be back next week. We'll talk more football. I don't know if we're going to get into training camps or, you know, again, I don't, when it comes to preseason football, kind of difficult to, to judge. So maybe we'll kind of continue to just do season preview type stuff. Get to watch some games this weekend yeah. and see guys that we don't know play. Yep, and cool. we'll probably not make their roster. Yeah. But eh, I got a way. soft hey. spot for those guys. And, Kerry, <laughs> let's not complain that there's football on. Not okay? at all. This is a great time of the year. That's right. So yeah. uh, we'll be back next week on Grand Iron, guys. We do appreciate you downloading the podcast and hope you go back and take a listen to some of the other podcasts that we've done in the past. For Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis and Anthony Saltz, again, we'll see you next time on Grand Iron, guys. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Guys podcast with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis and Anthony Stalter. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Check out the Gridiron Guys podcast page at 101ESPN.com.